Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm Annie. And I'm Leah. And this is Lactation Business Coaching with Annie and Leah, where we talk about the smart way to create a compassionate and professional private practice. Let's dive in. Well, hey there, Annie. Hey there, Leah. How are you? It's good. It's so funny that it was so recently that we were together in USLCA and now I don't know when I'm going to see you again. I know. I'm a little bit sad about that. I was thinking about that. I'm like, how can we figure out a way to see each other again? And I guess for now it'll just be virtual, but good news. We have a bunch of virtual things coming up. So I feel like at least we'll have a little bit of connection over the next couple months. Yeah. It's so nice to come together. We had a great deeper dive last month with Allison Walsh and LaShonda Dandridge about supporting Pathway 3 mentors. And then we have somebody really exciting coming on November 7th at 1 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be live with Kathy Watson, Jenna, and we're doing a deeper dive into supporting sucking skills. Some of you may have come to the deeper dive we did with Kathy a year ago, which was on clinical complexities. And if you were there, you know, and you can also, the recording is available of that one. We always make the deeper dive recordings available so you can watch them later, purchase them later. But this time we're going to be talking with Kathy about creating the new edition of Supporting Sucking Skills. I'm and so excited. I'm so excited. I've been going through it and I've been doing the book club that Barbara Robertson runs oh, to yeah. make myself really not just like skim for what I think I need to know. And I already, after just the first chapter, redid all of my charting templates. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I did that book review or book club last year, I think. And it was really good. It was so helpful. And I just loved when we had Kathy last time, her energy is just so great. And I loved how she just made everything seem so, I don't know, just like real and tangible. And I can't wait to hear about the new additions to the book and things that she changed and how she figured those changes out. You know, I'm just can't wait to hear it. Just open up your brain to us, Kathy. That's all we want. (laughs) That amazing brain. And she's so generous and she's so kind. I got to be with her in Dallas at the end of August for the Dallas Lactation Consultants Association. We were the two speakers and it was just so like soul nourishing to spend time with her. She's just really such a kind person. And, but like 
so smart. Like the things that she just has at her fingertips. So I'm just really grateful. We both are that she's going to be spending an hour with us. I know coming up very soon. It's so Monday soon. the 7th. So you can find all of our deeper dives at learn.paperlesslactation.com slash deeper dash dives. And I'm also working on migrating the past deeper dives over. It's just been a kind of a slow process, but they will all be there eventually. But you should see the upcoming ones, this one with Kathy, and then our December one, which will be a deeper dive into Watchful Waiting with Susan Howard. So that's happening in December. And a bunch that we've already done <laughs> should already be up there. Slowly but surely, I'll get them all there. But today, Leah, what are we going to talk about on the podcast today? Oh, it's such a good topic because it's been such an evolution of figuring out like your Goldilocks caseload, like what's the perfect amount of work cases for you to be taking on at a time. And I just feel like, oh my goodness, the pandemic definitely brought all of this home for me, like in my face and really have been soul searching and trying to find that magic Goldilocks number. It's still kind of a work in progress, but I know you have been on the same journey because we have had quite a few Voxer exchanges going back and forth about like, it's too much, it's too little, it's too much, it's too little. So we're still working on Goldilocks. It's just right. But I'm really excited to have this conversation today. It is like an emotional roller coaster doing private practice because I feel like I'm either convinced that like it's all gone, like something has happened and I have no private practice anymore. Or like two days later, I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. I I'm drowning. Yes, <laughs> Too many babies. The babies are just falling from the sky. Yes, it really does feel like that, and it and it's kind of like keeping your like emotional self balanced through that. I think is really hard, but also like I feel the second I put up more boundaries and say I'm going to reduce my load or I'm going to stop my day sooner or you know any number of things that I'm trying to work on as far as like finding my. Goldilocks caseload. Like I get a lot of emotion in it. What if I back off? What is that going to do to my business? Or I have to keep pushing hard. I've been pushing hard for 10 years. Maybe I need to keep pushing hard for another 10 years. And then my body's like, no, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't. And also just like the emotional toll, you know, we all go through cycles of, I think you burn out and just this, especially coming out of the pandemic when everything was so stressful, we all had this added layer of stress on everything we were doing. I feel like I've heard burnout a thousand times from every provider in healthcare right now is feeling that. But I'm really finding it challenging to both set the boundary and to push hard, like to find my emotional, just like balanced state and all that. It is, I find it really challenging for me because I think one thing I realized during the pandemic was that I think like my stress response is work. Mm. Like that's, and it was a lot of like, for me, like dissociating through work. Like how can I find ways to just occupy my mind so I don't have to think about what's happening in the world and what I'm worried about. I can just fill my mind. You know, there were great things that came out of that for me, like really being able to support so many families virtually and running conferences. I loved all the individual pieces of the things that I did, but I hit a point where I was maintaining a full caseload and running a conference over multiple weeks this spring. And my body, when it was over, was just like, you are done. 
Like, <laughs> you done. need to stop. And all of a sudden it was funny too, that like, I guess like desire to maximize every second of my day. It was kind of like it went away mm-hmm. in a way that I felt like I was like waking up or like, was like stepping out of the shower or something where, I, or like the clouds parted. I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm making it sound more. Yeah, no, it, it was, sounds but like, but it familiar. really was like, I was like, you have to stop. Like you can't do this. And I'd said that to myself many times, like, okay, you've got to slow down. You have to like take a break. But this time I was like, no, it was real to me. And so I really took a very light summer. Both of my kids had nothing to do because they're too old for camp and too young to work. And I was like, I'm just going to pretend like we're back in our real homeschooling days and spend time with them and hang out with them and read books and go places and spend time in nature. And then the thing that happened was that I got to the end of the summer and I was like, my soul feels very revived. My bank account, not so much. <laughs> right. I know. Cause that's like the other side. Like we're talking a lot about like our emotional needs and burnout and just the stress level of having a very busy caseload. But the other factor is we're trying to make money and contribute to our family needs and support ourselves. So yeah, you can be as rested and revived as possible, but if you can't pay your grocery bill or your rent, then you're definitely going to have a whole new level of stress coming up. So there really is like all these, you know, I think of, you know, just all these convergence of needs that come up that then make out this like Goldilocks thing, you know, and it's like the needs of your clients, the needs of the community, your needs, and then like your financial needs. I'm sure there's many other pieces to it, but, and that's really hard to find, you know, like find that, that really sweet spot. I feel like. The financial piece too, is it often ends up being the most pressing. And especially because like, the reason I could take a lighter summer was that my husband was working a lot more this summer and he's a freelancer. So there's like a trade-off that has to happen. We sometimes were like, we're always going to be a one income family. <laughs> like, like one is working <laughs> gonna work more, but I'm going to work like more. that's a different kind of Goldilocks, but like just having that, like we do need to have income coming in like that, just financial insecurity. Like when you're not having able to meet your basic needs. And I've certainly been there in my life where I'm like, oh no, I overdrew my bank account to pay rent. Like my husband and I still talk about those days and they don't often sometimes don't feel that far away, you know, all of the uncertainty with the economy, but inside of that, we can't bring that energy to our clients. So like one thing that can happen with that income insecurity is that you're like, okay, I'm going to work, 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 stack your schedule. And then you have all these really people with these really complicated needs. And you're like, I can't remember. I can't keep track of you. I'm trying to see you through. What is that like for you? to really look at what is a caseload, you know, what does that even look like? And you have to be so careful because like you could have 10 cases that are the like, oh, you just needed to like tweak your latch and lean back a little bit and then everything's perfect, you know? And then, and then you can have that wave of five people who keep you up at night because they're so complex and so many referrals needed and so much coordination of care and you don't have any warning signal of like, you know, alarm that's going to go off, like, here they come, be prepared, you know, move all your other activities out of the way because this caseload or this specific case is going to be really intense. So 
I think when you're contemplating what is my perfect caseload, you almost have to build in a buffer for the more intense cases that need our extra support and hope that you get a mix. Sometimes this doesn't happen because I feel like things always come in waves, but hopefully you also alternatively get a little bit of a mix of these less intense caseloads. But I do think it's, you know, so important to recognize that there are always going to be those cases that are going to go outside of our normal care. I just feel like you have to be prepared for that and almost built in like a plan for when that's happening. And I oftentimes, if I'm getting through a week and I usually booked out a week or a week and a half, you know, if I'm getting through a week and I'm like, whoa, so many of these people need follow-ups, then I will start like blocking spaces that week or week and a half later because I'm like, I need to make space for this. And sometimes I'll even block them once I read their intake because I'm like, oh, nope, <laughs> just leave some space open because this intake, I think I'm walking in on something pretty intense. How about you? How do you manage that? Well, that's a great tip about blocking time based on the intake. <laughs> I have never thought about doing that, but it's so smart. I have done the like, I'll just block everything in intake queue and it'll just say hold for existing clients. And then like, once I have all of them sorted out, then I'll reopen it. And then some new people can come in. I've had a lot of postpartum depression lately. And those cases are so just, they're a lot of everything, you know, a lot of investment emotionally and time-wise. And those are the ones where I do end up staying at a home visit well past when I would ordinarily stay just because yeah. I'm like, I can't leave until I feel like you understand like what we're talking about here, you know, yeah. that you're going to make a phone call that there's going to, there's a support plan in place. Not that I'm there because I'm not there being their therapist at all. Like a lot of times I'm just like, they'll just keep asking questions and I'll keep, you know, trying to answer them about their care plan, but then saying like, but we also need to address the mental health piece or the anxiety piece because, and I'm not the person for that, but those really like, I stay a long time. I think about them. They keep me up at night. And those are really, mm -hmm. it's those families. And I just, it's just so hard for them. And it seems like there's like a therapist shortage, yeah. understandably. And then the other ones that I feel like I have to make, and this is more like make mindset room for rather than scheduling room for, but it's a little bit of both are like, I have some cases where it gets really complicated and we're doing multiple visits and then four visits in the EOBs start coming from Aetna and it'll be one of those where like everything is all messed up. And I'm mm. like, okay, I haven't gotten paid for this yet. We're trying to get paid, but what if I never get paid? And then in the middle of that, they'll reach out and say, can I come into your office or can I do another home visit? And it's like, part of like, I have to turn off the part of me that's like, I might not get paid for this because at that point I have a duty of care. I'm invested in them. And so like financially, budget-wise, I have to build that buffer in too. I have to yeah. know that there's going to be a certain percentage of cases that I'm just not going to get paid for, or they're going to be sliding scale. And so I've chosen not to get paid or not paid as much for, but some that were the insurance company is just going to like screw me over. <laughs> yeah. Which is so hard to like be able to predict all of these factors. And so as me and Annie have learned after I've been in business for almost, well, now actually 11 years, 
And it's just so crazy to me because of the evolution that time has taken. You know, I've pushed more, pulled back, pushed more, pulled back, and, you know, really tried to find this sweet spot, which I don't think I'm there yet. Like, I still feel like I'm in this kind of searching and also different stages of your life. That's the other factor is like different stages of our lives might dictate that we're going to push more or pull back for other reasons outside of our control. So I feel like that's a piece to it too. And I know that you and I've had so many conversations about how we've been evolving and changing and looking at all this. And I love that you also one time mentioned to me that you had sat down and looked at, this is how much money I need to make in a month. And this is how many cases I would need to take. And, you know, this is how many follow, you know, like you had kind of in a very Annie wonderful way <laughs> with a spreadsheet, I'm certain had kind of like mapped that out. And that's something that I've always like really appreciated and have thought about a lot. It helped guide me a little bit because I have worked out those numbers because the number side of it, some people just don't know. Like you might be like, oh, I'm going to make X number of dollars a year. But I'm like, okay, but really, what would that look like? Like you got to break that all down and look at like, I would have to do, you know, 10 initial visits a month, a week and five follow-ups a week to make those numbers work out. You've got to really put pens to paper or fingers to keyboard and really break it all down if you have some specific needs around that. So you can really get an idea of what does it actually look like to make the money that you maybe feel like you need to make or want to make or goals, that kind of thing. Because that was something that when you had mentioned it to me, I was like, oh, wow. I think I had a very rough idea of that. But then when I started putting the numbers down and mixing it up, because I have a lot of different places that I get income from different settings. And so I was like, oh, I could add more here or take away some here. And that's been super helpful for me too. So thank you, Annie. <laughs> sure. Where it's been helpful for me is like when I'm feeling it's helpful as like anxiety assuager. So when I'm like, oh my gosh, like I haven't worked enough this month and then I can actually go in and I can run my month to date and year to date. And I don't yes. look at the income. I look at the number of sessions that I do yes, and I can too. compare it to last year. And then I can say, oh, look, I'm actually ahead of my yearly goal. And then I'm like, okay, I will take off a morning. I'm yeah. allowed to do that because I'll make it up. And then it also, and it prevents me from doing things like being like, I'm going to see 10 people this week. I'm just going to say yes to everything and not see my family. It just stops me from making those really impulsive. I tend to be very impulsive and yeah, like kind of panic thinking I'm a look before you leap person. Leah knows this about me. <laughs> I'm like, I have a great idea. It's going to change everything. And then it makes sometimes makes more problems for me. I will share to wrap up. I'm going to actually share something because like when I'm worried about money, I make stupid decisions. So <laughs> I have to try to do things to like stop myself from making stupid decisions. But I made literally one of the dumbest decisions that I think I could have possibly made. Okay. Like I'm now I'm building it up, but like for <laughs> me to do this, it's like embarrassing. I was looking at my expenses. I'm like, okay, I'm going to cut my expenses. Like what can go, what's extra, what's extra. And I was like, oh, Spruce has facts. I'm like, why am I paying for SR facts when it's included with Spruce? And I was like, I immediately wrote a number. I'm like, can you port my number from SR facts? And Spruce was like, we sure can. And then like within like four days, it was done. I was like, yay, now I'm not paying for SR facts anymore. And then SR facts sent me a refund. And I was for like the year, cause I'd paid by the year. I was like, this is amazing. 
And I mentioned it to a friend of mine and she was like, but what about the intake queue integration? And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, there's that. Oh yeah, there's <laughs> that. So now that was a couple of days ago and I'm like, I cannot walk this back. So now I'm like, okay, now I'm just going to figure out what is the smoothest workflow Oh my gosh, that's so hard. It's not integrated with Intake you. I'm. I was like, that is. I just have to laugh at myself. But that's oh that's the gosh. kind of things that I do when I let <laughs> when I let like fears Fear. about money yes. control my decision making, and yes. it has to come from a different place. Like it, we have oh, those fears. Man. Like I have those fears. You have those fears, and that insecurity and all of that, but we have to really figure out how to like take care of ourselves around that so that we're not making decisions that might have implications we're not thinking about. Yeah. And I think that's where this discussion can kind of learn from our, we always say this, I think on so many podcasts, like learn from our mistakes, learn from what we've been through for the last 10 years. And my biggest tip is know thyself. Annie knows that like, I'm going to make fear-based decisions. So you have ways to like guide yourself out of that. <laughs> Sometimes you don't use them, but you have ways to guide yourself out of that by saying, wait a second. And I do the same thing you do when I get like all fear and I'm like, oh, I pulled back too much. My business will never survive. And then I'll look at the numbers and I'll be like, nope. Nope, I am doing just fine. I have just the same amount or more or whatever that you know I'm looking for. I'm like, ah, oh, it just helps me so much. But also know thyself, like what's too much for you? What's gonna make you not a good provider? These are things to be reflecting on and like notice on a Friday at the end of the day, are you just like, oh my God, I can't believe I made it through this week. It was like so hard. It was the worst ever. I mean, like, do you really wanna go into every weekend? like that? Or is there a way to adjust your schedule where it doesn't feel like you've finally got to Friday, but it was in a crash and burn? Or I do know. you feel expansive on Friday? Do you feel like, oh my gosh, I could have done more. You know, it's just, just having that awareness, that self-awareness, I think is just such a powerful tool. And Annie and I are still figuring it out. So we are very much still figuring it out. <laughs> and we figure a lot of stuff out during the deeper dives. And I think- yes also just talking to each other, like doing these podcasts together. Like I'm such an external processor and I know Me Leah too. has some of that too. So like <laughs> so a much. lot of times it's really like legit that we get to the end of a podcast and we have like the two of us like have new insights that we didn't have yes. before we sat down to start recording. So totally. even just talking about it, having somebody to talk about it with, having somebody that you can actually like be honest and say, I'm scared about money right now. And like that can sometimes just that in itself can be a scary thing to say. But yeah. so, you know, who do you trust? Who's going to help give you those checks? And also what other things do you have in place for those times when there might be times where you're not making enough money? That also happens. Like we talk about pairing back and leaving room and not getting anxious, but there definitely have been times where it's like, it isn't enough. And so yeah. that's where, and we don't, or that's not, not possible. This. It's not yeah. possible because, and it might be not possible because there's no people like calling you it might not be possible because you have a family member who is sick. You and I both, we have teenagers and we've got aging parents. And so we are in that, those sandwich years that, you know, our kids and our parents need us. And so that's going to, that makes demands on your time. So thinking about too, like what other things do you have in place? What other, like we're, we've done, talked about diversification before. I know we'll do it again in the future, but really thinking about how can you diversify what you're doing? So you're not just dependent on one type of thing 
to make or break you. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we could talk about this for hours because it's such a deep conversation and we should totally come back to this and maybe have a deeper dive on this one because I feel like it would be so helpful to talk to some professional about some of this. I think it would be such a valuable conversation to continue on. And I cannot wait for our deeper dive. I hope you guys will all join us for both of them. They're going to be so awesome with Kathy in November and Susan in December. I just, I'm so excited and can't wait. And I hope you guys will all join us. I hope so too. Go to learn.paperlesslactation.com slash deeper dash dives. And you'll see our upcoming deeper dives, November with Kathy Watson, Jenna, deeper dive into supporting sucking skills and December with Susan Howard, a deeper dive into watchful waiting. Really hope you'll be there. You can find recordings of our past dives as well. And post comments, we're there in the community. We'd love to be interacting with you there as well. So thank you so much for listening. And Leah, this conversation really did a lot for me today. I really needed to start my week with it. Definitely. It's so good to talk to you, Annie. Talk soon. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode.